For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling with Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. Give me a like, follow, friend request, and I will probably give you a turn. Also, like King David Comedy, that's coming with a K on most major social media platforms. I'm joined by my co-host for the evening and my co-host many weeks now, uh, Brian Hunter at Brock Bizza. On Twitter, that's at B-R-O-C-K-B-Z-A on Twitter. How's it going, Brian? How's it going, King? How's it going, Wrestling with Problem Nation? Now, there's nothing happening in the world of wrestling that's too important, so I guess we're going to have to fumble to come up with something. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I did hear about this little small indie show called WrestleMania that's going to take place. They're going to, like, maybe have it in some small – no, apparently it's not happening in a small arena this weekend. Apparently it's going to be in Tampa. It's Buccaneers football stadium, so I, I stand corrected. Apparently, WWE is the international company, Fortune 500 company, and uh, apparently they're putting on a really big show. Uh, and I don't know why they're not advertising this. It seems like if it'd be a big market for something like that. Oh, apparently they are advertising it. And they've given a list of banned words for their promotional partners not to use. Now, apparently we're coming up to WrestleMania, which is 37th edition. However, these terms were actually discovered from the 36th edition last year. Uh, Andrew Rabins of SEScoops.com fame uh, came up with a lot of this information, so I want to thank him for that. These are the list of banned terms that they do not want promotional partners to use. Blood, choke, belt, strap, diva, headshot, trauma, kayfabe, not that I think any promotional park would be using the term kayfabe. That seems ridiculous. Mofos. I don't know what they have about guys pleasuring mothers, but mothers need love too, so mofos should be an acceptable term to use because this, this is a much more polite way of putting the other term, the longer version of it, so that's wrong. House show. DQ. I don't know what they have against Dairy Queen. That's silly. The anti-diva. Uh, I guess that that probably would apply to a couple of women on roster now, but more so than others. Probably all of them now, although they've gotten away from the silliness and the models that they use up wrestling for the most part. Matter of fact, now that I think about it, there's probably only a couple women on the roster right now that would have fit in and quote during the Divas era. Now that I think about it, you're pretty much limited to Lana maybe and uh, Mandy Rose probably. I don't think. Beyond those, most of them wouldn't fit that diva mode anyway. <laughs> not that I'm I'm not saying that there aren't attractive women there, but I'm talking about the background for the women now, for the most part, is wrestling basis. They have to be women who can wrestle, who have to look good for the most part, as opposed to let's take some good woman, good-looking women and make them wrestle or see if they can wrestle. So, at any rate, uh, so pretty much most of them are, quote, anti-diva, I suppose, at this point. Uh, spinal injuries, victim. Violence or violent, wrestling and wrestlers, WWF, obviously because they don't want to get beat with World, World Wildlife Fund again, Wife Beater, who does that apply to in WWE history? We'll get to that in a second. Curb Stump, <laughs> Needs a Push, <laughs> Over, Babyface, Heel, Job Jobber, Card, Strangle, Kill, Murder. Now, pretty much the last three all apply to Chris Benoit. Out of this, probably 11 apply to Chris Benoit, and out of those 11, eight of them probably are only for Benoit. So uh, it makes sense that they wouldn't necessarily want to use a lot of those terms. 
I see why they would not want that used, but there's a lot of other silliness in there, stuff that it doesn't really make a lot of sense for them not to be using. It seems silly and ridiculous. But, of course, you know who came up with this list probably, don't you? Yep. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> so if any promotional partner decides to use this term, he would have stern warning for them. You're fired. So uh, I'm sure the promotional partners don't want to be fired. Although they could probably just take them to AEW. <laughs> so I, I guess it's, it's more of a threat <laughs> to him at this point than it is to them. I mean, he could probably get a slightly better deal, cheaper price anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, any rate, uh, last year WrestleMania was supposed to take place at uh, at the Buccaneer Stadium in Tampa. Uh, obviously, they had to move the Performance Center with no it is due to the COVID uh, situation. Uh, this will be the first WWE show in over a year that's actually had a live audience, not including, you know, sports entertainers in the NXT slash Performance Center folks, because that's pretty much who's been allowed to watch uh, the WWE product live and in person. So I am uh, interested to see how it looks. I'm interested to see what they do for the uh, seats that are, will be forced to be empty in Florida for, for that, because they're only selling 25000 and I think it's like a sixty to 70000 seat stadium, so I wonder if they're going to have cardboard cutouts, or if they're just going to redo the seating, or I assume that they're probably not going to completely redo the seating just for this, so it'll probably be cardboard cutouts. I wonder if there'll be a bunch of wrestlers in the cardboard cutouts or how they're going to do it. But, uh, yeah, any, any other further thoughts on this whole nonsense with these band terms and terms they don't want uh, most of the partners to use? No, I actually do not. Okay, well, we will just move on and we'll get to this big indie show happening this week at WrestleMania. It's a two night event. April 10th and April 11th. Uh, we're just going to go by whatever <laughs> Wikipedia has listed as the match order. We don't know if that's going to be the match order or not. They don't have currently have anything listed as a kickoff show or kickoff matches, so they just have six matches listed for each night, so we're just going to go with that. Uh, we got number one for uh, for the night one of the situation. We got a singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. This is potentially one of the best matches on the card, by the way. If they do what they can do, the athleticism of Bianca Belair and the wrestling ability of Sasha Banks, uh, you know, and Bianca Belair is a very good worker too, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying, uh, even though she's a little bit, you know, in, not as experienced as Sasha Banks, she has such athletic capability that even though she doesn't have experience, she's still very capable of doing some great things in the ring, having a great match with her, so this match could potentially be the match that steals the show. Uh, we got champion Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Who do you got for the Women's SmackDown Championship? I got Sasha. Uh, really? I'm, I'm going to have to go with Bianca Belair. On this. They, they've been building her up for a while. Even before she won Royal Rumble, I thought that they were positioning her as the it's the EST of uh, WWE, EST of NXT. I could always tell that they had a special place for her, the way they hyped her. So I think she's. I think this is her. I think that story that they told with, with Royal Rumble, her husband, and, you know, she was so proud and everything about that. I think that was. I think it. I don't think they intentionally did it over the top. They just, you know, that was just her natural, spontaneous reaction to it. But I think they really want to uh, put her as the next big thing in this division. So I think it's Bianca Belair. Uh, what makes you think it's going to be Sasha Banks? Uh, okay, just because uh, Vince don't like to push new talent like he should. Look how long it took him to push um, Oscar. And look um, how long it took him. Um, okay, to finally trust um, Sasha with the title. That by itself. That by itself. I was going to say, it, it's ne- that's the other part to it. It's never surprised to me when Sasha Banks loses the title match. Because <laughs> usually she gets it and then she loses it three or four days later. <laughs> so that's the other reason. I, I, I was going to get it at, but that's the other reason I think the Oxfeller is going to win. Because Sasha Banks, this is like her, this is probably by far her longest title run, if I'm not mistaken. You know? 
usually she gets it and loses it a couple of days later, loses it a week later. So I'm actually kind of surprised she's held on to it this long. <laughs> but that's the one advantage to holding a title going to the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> if you have name value and you have the title, there's a good chance you'll hold it until so they can just build up to the match. So Anyway, we've got different opinions on that. Let's move on to our next match. We have a singles match for the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley, the champ with MVP versus Drew Mack. Oh, yeah, by the way, that was something that I meant to cover before we got into this. The Hurt Business broke up, like, basically a week before WrestleMania. <laughs> well, actually, not a week. I guess I guess technically more two weeks before WrestleMania. Uh, since we're talking about this match, we can go ahead and get into that for a second. Uh, what did you think about the Hurt Business breaking up? Um, to me, it made no sense. Um... I feel if you're going to break them up, um, at least break them up after Lashley loses the title, not before. You could say that um, they didn't do their job. Just, um, just pretty much how MVP played the script. Hey, um, y'all incompetent. Y'all didn't do y'all jobs. Y'all fired. Okay. Then that's how you um, end the um, hurt business. To me, that would have made more sense then. Lashley still having a title, but yet um, you you um, get rid of your two um, better um, athletes. It okay in WWE. So to me, it it really didn't make much sense unless um, you you don't send them to SmackDown. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It doesn't make any sense. So here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm, here's my prediction, and I'm hope I'm right about this. This is the only way. Breaking them up right now makes sense. This is all a huge plan on the part of MVP, who's a genius behind the scenes. He's like, hey, we're going to play this like we're breaking up. But what's going to happen is they're going to sort of act like they're going to have Drew Brackettire's back and they're going to try to hurt Bobby Lashley because he's embarrassed them. And that's how they end up helping Bobby Lashley retain the title of WrestleMania. That's the only way any of this makes sense. Because the Hurt Business was a popular stable. They, they appeared to be moving merchandise. Uh, they had a unique uh, look and style to them that really nobody else had done before as far as they had, the way they described it. You know, we've had black stables before or, or talent, you know, black guys working together, but they've never had the sort of wealthy, stylish, well-dressed sort of black stable. So they were doing something that hadn't really been done before as far as those go. It didn't make sense to just sort of break them up out of nowhere, like right now. So my position is either this is all a big swerve and they end up getting back together to help Lashley retain over Drew McIntyre, or alternatively, there's a new, quote, hurt business without Shelton, without Cedric Alexander, and maybe they just added another member or two that that's the only way I can see this going. It makes no sense to lose the Hurt Business as a group or as a brand because they were one of the few highlights of this whole situation during the COVID era. They wanted a few things that's been a bright spot during the COVID era. So that's silly. So I'd assume I can, I can only hope this is, is one of those two things that happen. Because if uh, Sheldon Benjamin leaves, and what else is Sheldon Benjamin and uh, Cedric Alexander going to do right now? Sheldon Benjamin's an older guy. He's not washed up by any stretch, but I don't see a singles push for him coming. Uh, and he's sort of floundered over the last couple of years doing this late sort of career within WWE. So they finally found the right role for him, and now they would be blowing it by, you know, blowing it up prematurely. That doesn't make sense. So that's my only way of coming up with a way to make this, any of this make sense. So what do you think about that? To me, that um, oh, okay, that right there sums it up for me as well. It is it, to me, if they go with this, if WWE go with um, this for face value, to me, you you would just be wasting another great group of guys in the great talent. But it wouldn't be a first time they they done that. What would Daily, it would not. Definitely right on that. Uh, next, we're going to move into a singles match. Uh, a singles match that most people did not see coming. Although, even though they, quote, called it a singles match, 
let's be real. Uh, Bad Bunny with Damian Priest versus Smith with John Morrison. There's no way that Damian Priest and John Morrison don't end up getting involved in this match. Uh, so even though they're calling it a singles match, I don't think it'll be a singles match. There'll be a lot of spots with other guys in it. So definitely I think Damian Cross is going to do some great high-flying thing where he's either going to dive on to Miz and Morrison or at least uh, Miz or something like that. So that's definitely going to happen. Uh, obviously, Bad Bunny will have a nice, you know, big spot on his head because he has shown that he's a quality high-flyer as far as at least being able to do a big spot. I don't know if he's trained up to the level where he can, like, put a few together in a coherent match yet, but he definitely can do a big spot solidly. So. I actually uh, think this match will be – it'll be decent for what it is. For a guy who's not a fully trained wrestler, I think Bad Bunny will he's, – he's done a better job as far as your celebrity cameos. So I think that's part of the reason why they decided to go ahead and let him get a little bit longer run with this as opposed to, you know, other celebrities in the past where they, you know, you know they were going to do something, but it's not it's, – it was probably going to be disappointing. So uh, I think you'll be able to pull off something here. Uh, Unfortunately, WWE way too often likes to uh, let celebrities beat up wrestler, which is stupid. Again, don't get me wrong. I don't mind every now and again, maybe if somebody pulls one over on a wrestler or something, but they have a history of making the talent look bad as opposed to celebrity because most celebrities don't want to come in and lose because they're taking themselves way too seriously. So uh, I do think uh, Bad Bunny is going to win this one way or the other. Probably it'll involve Damian Priest getting involved and in, uh, helping him get the victory, but I do think Bad Buddy's going to win. Sadly, celebrities unfortunately almost always win the matches. Wrestlers, which doesn't make a lot of sense. So uh, I got Bad Bunny in this one. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot to make a prediction for the last match. By the way, too, I'm, the last match, I'm, I'm, I did say I think the Hurt Business comes back. At least that's what I hope happens. So I did want to pick Bobby Lashley for the last match. So uh, who did who did you want to pick for the last match? By the way. Uh, last match, it will be, um, I hate to say it, it will be Drew McIntyre. Yeah, unfortunately, even though I made that prediction, I can't strongly make that prediction because that's, that's one of those worst situations where I'm going to go with my wishful thinking and hoping I have a smart plan that WWE has thought out well and, and figured a right way to make that wrong thing they've done right. But they're probably just going to go ahead and give Drew McIntyre his uh, WrestleMania moment that he, in front of a crowd that he get, didn't get last year. But fingers crossed, they, they 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 pull off the big swerve, and then I'm happy about it. But you're probably right about this one. I know it's my prediction going the other way, but you're probably right. Anyway, I got Bad Bunny over Miz. Who you got? Um, I got Bad Bunny um, winning this, and this is how I see this is going to go. Damian Priest is gonna give him a pair of brass knuckles. He he gonna okay, he gonna knock him out, and that's how it's gonna go. But um it okay, now either that's gonna happen or it's gonna be a miscue by um John Morrison trying trying to knock him out. He he knocked um Miz out by accident. That bunny get the cover, then Damian Priest um go go ahead and um and um blast um Morrison, so he can't um, save the Miz from getting uh, from getting upset. Uh, so, like I said, that that sounds about right. Like I said, I don't know if it, I don't know if it'll be brass knuckles, but it'll it'll probably be something along those lines. So, I think we're in both in agreement on that one. Uh, next, we got a tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. We got the New Day. This version, obviously, Kingston and Woods versus AJ Styles and Almost. Uh, who you got? I can actually see AJ in um um almost um actually getting the titles. I do too. I think that's really the only reason for putting these guys together in the team, and they uh, they definitely saw something in almost. I have not seen enough of him to have an opinion one way, other than knowing that he's like a seven foot tall guy. And those guys usually stink at wrestling, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it open minded and hope that almost pleasantly surprises us. Uh, but AJ Styles will probably do most of the work in this match. He'll do the carrying as far as taking the best bumps for his team. Almost will probably pull off a few strongman moves like he's done as the bodyguard in that position. Uh, mm-hmm. I right. do, matter of fact, I do think, though, if uh, if AJ Styles and Almost don't win, I think Almost will 
will end up I think AJ will turn on almost and almost will turn on him and actually I think almost might actually join the new day if, if they don't win at some point down the road. They've they've sort of been playing footsie with each other the whole time anyway. So I yeah. while I do think AJ Styles and almost are going to win, I think if it happens that it doesn't it'll go completely the other direction and this will be the split up of AJ and almost if it, if they don't win the belt. So Well um I got I got word for you. Okay. They okay. They don't okay. They don't win, and then you ha- okay. And then you have um hit um okay. And then you have um almost um helping um Lashley to win the title, and then that's the um new okay. That would be one of the new members of the Hurt Business. Yeah, but the way they got this technically, I guess we don't know where the where the card set, but that does that only makes sense if you book Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre later into the show as opposed to the way they got it listed now. now. Obviously, Wikipedia doesn't necessarily always have the right run order for the matches, but that, right. actually, that actually is not a bad plan if they do, because it, it would make sense for them to put the uh, WWE Championship match last on the card for that night anyway. Right. So actually, if they do it that way, that makes a lot of sense. So I kind of like where you hit it with that. Again, since we don't know the exact lineup, and it, that's, that's the one disadvantage to doing the show Monday night. Uh, there's still two more episodes of uh, WWE television between two major episodes of WWE television. From the time we're recording this, because we're recording this actually, we started recording right before Raw started. So uh, any number of things could have happened by the time this actually goes on the air. But I actually do like that. I do like that plan as far as part of the swerve. Because like I, I did mention earlier, New Hurt Business almost would definitely be a nice addition to her business as far as backup and muscle. Because it's, it's always been kind of weird when you have the truly strongest dude in the stable also is the heavyweight champion of the stable. Usually, you have some muscle that's, that would theoretically at least be stronger muscle than the, the main guy. So almost in that bodyguard role slash enforcer role makes a lot of sense. Obviously, there's not too many guys bigger and stronger than Bobby Lashley, but you know you do get them every now and again. So usually, but usually you want a big stiff guy to be that guy, not your stud athlete kind of guy. So I definitely could see that, and I, I like your thought process on that. So that'll be something else to look for, depending on how the uh, card shakes out. Uh, next, we got a steel cage match that really nobody asked for, <laughs> other than other than probably the people in the match and maybe Vince. Man, we got a steel cage match. We got Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. Uh, I, I think that's an outdoor stadium, so uh, I don't think Shane will be able to fall off to the roof or anything, but he'll probably find something from the stands or something really dangerous to jump off of, or just a cage, I guess. But, you know, it's Shane. That's what he does. He falls off stuff. So uh, who you got in this match? I, I got Strowman because um, it, it, get, it can't be – a payoff. Now, the only way I can see um, Braun Strowman losing would be if they get someone else like that. One guy who none of us have seen in about six months, almost six months, um, uh, Donald Kaya or um, that 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 one big dude who um, was like super stiff in that brawl fall. I mean, that brawling type thing they had um, a couple Raw oh, yeah. Underground. Yeah, I literally didn't know, didn't know who or what you were talking about, so I was like, okay. Then finally, finally clicked in. I was like, oh crap! Yeah. I hope I hope that doesn't happen because they they basically had they've had Shane embarrassing Braun for weeks now. So it only makes sense as far as payoff if Braun Strowman wins now and d- destroys Shane in some destructive fashion. I don't mean he necessarily needs to kick his ass the whole match, but he has to get the a good good stomping for the end of the match. There has to be something he does to something this brutal chain and then and get the pinfall to make this whole event worthwhile because the whole thing has been kind of stupid. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, another thing that I almost forgot to discuss because I had it in the notes, but since this is WrestleMania week, I, I had almost forgot leading into the show that this was WrestleMania week and we needed to make predictions. Braun Strowman's report card segment, that was kind of stupid because they've already established in the WWE Cinematic Universe that a lot of guys aren't using their real name. 
Braun Strowman is not his real name, so his report card would not say Braun Strowman on it. So that was kind of stupid. <laughs> imagine, imagine. I guess a, I guess he was supposed to be like seven or eight years old. I think when they were looking at the report card, little Braun Strowman's report card. His name wasn't Braun Strowman then, <laughs> so that's kind of stupid, but as well. So. But you know you gotta play the you gotta play the role for um okay for the little kids who who, who don't who don't know much and the adults who um too stupid to actually figure out like you know what most of them probably don't um you use like their actual um given name like hey let's see Hulk Hogan's report card hmm when Hulk Hogan was um was in the fifth grade. He got man, stop, stop, stop. Oh yeah, speaking of speaking of that though, because you know, uh, Hulk Hogan has a ten inch uh, Hogan, whereas Terry Bollet does not, because that's one of the things we learned from that uh, trial about his sex tape and about it being sold and the website and everything. Hulk Hogan has a ten inch Hogan. Terry Bollet does not. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Actually, while we're on the subject of Braun Strowman and report card, the reason that that really stood out in my mind was I still remember from like a decade ago. Remember when they had that Chris Masters uh, part to the, when they had that little court trial thing? Yeah. And then uh, Vince McMahon was the judge in that court trial thing, and he's like, state your name for the record. And his name is, my name is Chris Masters. <laughs> and Vince banged the gavel. No, it's not. <laughs> and he listed his real name. So he immediately got thrown out of the court for that. So I always thought, ever since you established that uh, as being WWE law, that everybody's not quote, using their real name, they need to stay with it to be consistent with it. Hey, uh, what, what were you saying? Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. No, I was just saying that, um, okay, what was the point of that? What, okay, it sounds like to me that after that, Chris Masters was already – um, one foot out the door anyway. No, for, for that particular segment, it was just, it was just a funny part to that segment because it was a little court trial they were doing. They were trying to get testimony for something, so they were just undercutting his testimony because he quote wasn't using his real name, so that meant his testimony was no longer valid because he already lied. So I don't think that was related to him being one foot out the door or not. Actually, I would need to go back and look at that segment and see because I don't I don't think that was before he basically got deflated. <laughs> And if you're watching the video, you'll see me do an air quote deflated because uh, he was one of those guys that allegedly might have been taking substances. And they were real, real big on him when he was taking the substances. But then when he came back like 30 or 40 pounds lighter, and the best part was Triple H actually called him out on it on television. I think that's when he had one foot out the door. Once he came back much lighter and, and Triple H actually announced it on television, I was like, at that point, that's when he wasn't coming back. That's where he was out the door. But anyway, let's get back into our predictions for uh, WrestleMania. Uh, I, we both we both think Braun's winning because it makes no sense for telling a story that Shane wins. Uh, anyway, let's we got one more singles match listed for night one. We got Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Who you got? Cesaro. It would make a lot more sense for Cesaro to win in my book. They, it looked like they were trying to finally start building him up again. But everything about this says, you know, the, the WWE will do the same thing it does. Instead of using this opportunity to help create a new star, they're just going to push the same old guy again and Seth Rollins is the victory. So I'm going to say Seth Rollins, even though letting Cesaro win this would be better for business, I think, long term, because it would create, help create sort of a new star. But I don't. I think they've been given a bunch of chances to make Cesaro a star, and they've never really done it. I don't think it's going to happen at this late stage in his career now. Plus, I don't think he's under contract for that much longer anyway, so he might be jumping ship to greener, or not necessarily greener pastures, but newer pastures. Anyway, that concludes night one of the card. The next night we got night two. Here we got listing. Roman Reigns, the champ, with Paul Heyman versus Edge uh, versus Daniel Bryan. So let's go ahead and go over this triple threat match for the WWE Championship. Uh, Roman Reigns. Actually, this will probably be this will probably be the main event. So 
even though it's listed as match one, they're they're probably just doing this this card in reverse order, I think, for this night. So but anyway, let's go ahead and give it a shot anyway. Uh we get it. Since we got listed one, we'll go with one. Uh who you got? Roman. On the one hand, I want to uh, actually if, if 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 you went back a few months on this, I would have thought Edge was gonna be the clear favorite to sort of pull this off and get the victory. But Roman Reigns has done a, such a great job with this particular character. Him and Paul Heyman have done such a beautiful job together. I don't think they want to get rid of this momentum. So as much as, you know, leading into this for months and months and months, I would have put Edge, especially with them saying that, quote, Edge looks older and older every week and them ending up adding Daniel Bryant to the match. I'm going to go ahead and uh, say Roman Reigns uh, pulls off the victory. They'll probably have a rematch at whatever the next pay-per-view is, maybe between Edge and Roman Reigns. But I just think that uh, they don't want to have Roman Reigns do the job now to Edge at WrestleMania. I think they at least want to continue continue to ride this with momentum. So I'm going to go ahead and say Roman Reigns pulls off the victory. Is, is that what you were thinking, or did you have another take on it as far as why you think Roman Reigns is going to win? Uh, I um actually um I actually agree with you one hundred percent. There's it's just somewhere that um for years people wanted um Edge to be a heel, and unlike with Cena, um WWE finally listened and just say, "Hey, we're just gonna make him a heel and let them go with that." To me, it, it makes the most sense. The character is great. You know what I mean? He, he's he been doing a great job. Honestly, that's why SmackDown is um um on top. Let, let's be honest. You compare SmackDown, you, you compare Raw. Do you even watch Raw? Honestly. I watch it, and it's... Well, I take that back. It's on in the background for the most part while I read the news on the internet. And then if something important happens, and usually the main event, then I pay a little bit more attention. But for the most part of my city focused on it, honestly, I can't do that with most of them. I don't even do that with SmackDown either. Same thing. I put it on because I have, like, two big screen TVs in my living room. I have a 32-inch that's, like, that I watch on in the background when I do, you know, read my news on the big screen TV on the computer. And then if I'm on the bike every now and again, I usually watch uh, AEW Dynamite from my back and from my bike in my living room on my big TV, and sometimes I watch NXT on it too. But for the most part, AEW Dynamite is the only regular uh, weekly show that always manages I, that I watch and try to focus on on the big screen TV in my living room. Every other weekly show, for the most part, goes on to the side television, whether it be uh, NXT usually, NXT UK, MLW, Usually, although every now and again, you, MLW might actually make it to TV because that's my second favorite weekly show. Now, pay-per-views, I do watch on the big TV pretty much no matter what, although I might start mixing in the TNA pay-per-view, sorry, not TNA, Impact Wrestling pay-per-views might become a side TV thing if I don't uh, start getting caught up very, very soon because I did actually pay for my Impact Wrestling subscription recently, so... But really, AEW Dynamite is the only weekly show I watch on big TV. Other than that, I watch my WWE pay-per-views. I usually watch the AEW pay-per-views on the big TV because that's the 60, I think it's 60, somewhere in the neighborhood of 55 to 60. I can't remember. That big TV gets the pay-per-views and it gets AEW Dynamite. And that's pretty much it because just due to the fact that there being so much wrestling, I do so many things between rugby, uh, stand-up comedy, improv comedy, and obviously having a full-time day job, I really just don't have the time to focus on wrestling directly that much, other than pay-per-views, and like I said, one preferred program here, which is AEW. Anyway, uh, that was way more than you asked, but I figured every now and again, we talk about our lives, so I figured I would talk about mine. Uh, Let's get back into the uh, actual uh, predictions for the card. Uh, this is another match that will very, very likely potentially steal the show. I think both of the matches with the most potential to steal the show are the uh, female single matches. Uh, we got Asuka, the champion. She's the Raw Women's Champion against Rhea Ripley. 
who not too long ago made her debut on Raw. Uh, it turns out a lot of people were surprised that Rhea Ripley sort of just announced that she's going after the title and after just stepping into the brand. But uh, somebody did raise a good point. As a matter of fact, I think it was uh, I think it was a Cheap Heat podcast, one of the few uh, wrestling podcasts that I managed to squeeze in every now and again that wasn't actually on the VOC Nation Network. Uh, but I just happened to catch it last, uh, I believe it was last week, and they talked about it. Usually, whoever, win, whoever wins the Royal Rumble obviously picks who they want to fight, uh, what belt they want to go after. But usually the person who's runner-up ends up going after the other belt. And since there's two women singles title, whoever doesn't, whoever doesn't get picked for that other one, they get to go after that one. So that actually did, did make a good bit of sense after, you, after they described it that way. Uh, so Rhea Ripley is going after Asuka. Uh, do you think she's going to be able to pull off the win of Oscar? Or do you think Oscar gets? Um, I think I, I think they're trying to push Rhea, so I think they're going to give her the. Uh, I think they're going to um, give her the nudge. I, I want I want to lean that direction, but I'm going to stay with Oscar. That I, I I say Rhea Ripley gives her a good match. I do see Rhea Ripley winning it eventually, but I just think since they since they haven't really had that many matches on the brand yet, I think what they'll do is they'll let Oscar win it at WrestleMania, and then they let Rhea Ripley end up taking the belt off her when the next you know one or two pay per views. So I think Oscar's going to pull off the victory first, but Rhea Ripley does get it eventually after a hard fought match. So I think that's what's going to happen. Mm. And for most of the stuff, most of the stuff I have real, real strong reasoning for it. Why I think it's going to happen that way. This is just mostly gut. This. At any rate, we got uh, the theme with Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton, just a basic singles match. It does. It's, there's no stipulations to this match or anything listed. So I'm thinking, I think maybe they don't have any cinematic matches listed. I think this it will end up being a cinematic match, even though it's not listed. So uh, who you got? The theme. Yeah, if, if you set a guy on fire and then he goes away for a while, you need to have him come back with a strong win. I think it would be it would be stupid to have Randy Orton win this match after having set him on fire and sent him away for a while. You have to have the team win this match. Of course, in WWE's logic, that might mean they do the exact opposite. But you know, I'm I'm not going to predict it this time. I'm going to predict the theme. Like you said, wins the match. And I like I said again, I expect it to be a cinematic match with lots of interesting, crazy things happening. So uh, I can't wait to see what other stuff they do. Because like I said, they've had like people being doused. It's flammable liquids to set on fire. They've had fireballs thrown. They've had all sorts of things. They've had like stuff off from the sky. So just imagine what they could do with a cinematic match. So if this match isn't the most interesting uh, match of the night with all those, you know, different avenues available to them, they really have dropped the ball on this. So uh, definitely going with the theme. Next, we got a singles match for WWE Intercontinental Championship. We got Big E, uh, the champ versus Apollo Crews. Who you got? I got Big E, although I do like Apollo Crews. Um, I, I think um, um, Apollo Crews need a little bit more. A little bit more time before you get another actual title push. I think with uh, they have actually added the stipulation to this not too long ago that they had, it's going to be a Nigerian drum match or something to that effect. It's not listed on Wikipedia yet, but I've never heard of a Nigerian drum match. But basically, it's probably just going to be a no DQ match, and there's probably going to be some drums sticking outside. So uh, with it having the advantage of being a no DQ match. Um, and with them putting all this sort of uh, over-the-top advertising into Apollo Cruz's new Nigerian gimmick, and hopefully they'll have his uh, his uh, his armed guards there, even though they showed up sort of the first week, and then all of a sudden they were gone the next week, which didn't make any sense. But I hope that they do have the guards there, and I hope the guards do interfere on his behalf, and I hope that continues to be a running thing for a while. I'm going to predict that they do hit, go ahead and give Apollo Crews the victory because they've, they've had him take a, a, quite a few losses to Big E. So this was this is his time to get the heat back, and this is time to really put this push this gimmick in overdrive. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I want to apologize to Vince McMahon for using the term push. 
while promoting WrestleMania, even though I think he deserves this push, but I apologize <laughs> for saying push. I also want to apologize in advance for saying that I think Big E is going to job no pull out. I apologize there as well. So it's nice. It's nice to see we're not agreeing on every match so far. So next we got a singles match. We got Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn with Logan Paul. Although Logan Paul seems to be like going back and forth on whose side he's over. And the weird thing is Logan Paul sort of goes back and forth in real life and being a heel or a face, which is kind of ridiculous. But uh, who you got, Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens? Actually, I got Sami Zayn finally getting over. Getting over or just uh, winning the match? <laughs> okay, winning the match. I'm going to go the other direction. I got Kevin Owens. Uh, I got Kevin Owens pulling off the victory. Uh, and like I said, Logan Paul and Sami Zayn don't exactly get along together all that great. So that would be a completely valid reason for him to lose the match. Although this could be the this could be the sword where they swerve us the other way, where they're hinting that Logan Paul is saying they'll get away, and then Logan Paul just helps him pull off the win. But I'm not going to predict that, even though I know this is a possibility. I'm just going to go ahead and go. With Kevin Owens pulls off the victory the other way. I think Sami Zayn and Logan Paul don't get along. Sami Zayn's the heel. Sami Zayn's the sort of his the, his this version of the character really is the kind of character that quote never wins. He always has an excuse, and there's always a conspiracy, and I don't see any reason for that not to happen here. Uh, last but not least, even though I'm thinking they're probably going to do this in reverse order, but we got it listed as the last match on our listing order. In a singles match for the WWE United States Championship, we got Sheamus versus Riddle. Who you got? I got Sheamus. Um, I'm going to go with Riddle. Uh, Sheamus has been losing a lot lately relative to what his character has been over the years. He seems to be in this sort of down stage of his career. So I don't think they really, I don't think creative quote has much for Sheamus right now. Uh, Riddle's the, sort of the next sort of future guy that I think they're going to have in the picture for the next maybe five years or so. So assuming, you know, more unpleasantness doesn't come out about him slash, you know, more accusations and stuff. As, as far as I know, he's only had the one so far. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, in the world we live in right now, only having one allegation, quote, isn't considered that bad unless, obviously, if you lose a court case or something that's different, but it's, it, it's, it's so sad that until you get start getting at least three cases or accusations against you, they tend not to get that much attention anymore. So barring uh, something like that happening with Riddle, I don't see how he won't continue to have a high spot within WWE organization and within their management. They look very highly on him. I think they're going to continue to look highly on him. So as a guy that's a rising star versus a guy that's like Seamus who's sort of a fading star going the other direction, I think Riddle is going to pull off the victory here. Barring any sort of major thing happening in the next day, next few days. Anyway, that concludes our uh, picks for WrestleMania as far as who we think is going to win. Uh, we got a few more news stories. I know usually we like to do our predictions for the pay per view cards at the end of the show, but I didn't know how long it was going to take to for us to pick two nights of WrestleMania cards. So uh, we actually ended up taking almost an hour to do it so let's go we do got a little bit more time to get into some other news real fast so we'll just briefly touch on some of the other things i want to touch on uh this week uh first of all we got news from mlw and dragon gate uh mlw and dragon gate announced a working partnership last year but it only was announced about a month before the covid pandemic really started hitting and everything got shut down so they will be working together, apparently. Uh, MLW did release a uh, video doing Never Say Never. And the video package, you can actually see it on their Twitter and on YouTube and some other places. But uh, they will be working together. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened yet, but they're going to be working together. So that's some good news. Like I said, I like uh, I like the Forbidden Door being open for different companies, although I don't think MLW can, Dragon League can say Forbidden Door. That's Tony Khan's property, as he mentioned on Impact Wrestling. So, uh, he is the opener of the Forbidden Door, but other Forbidden Doors are being opened. 
Uh, so it's good that they'll still be able to work together once uh, live crowds are back and uh, talent's able to travel much easier. So that's some good news on the wrestling front. Uh, like we both met, we both mentioned on this show before, we like having uh, we like having uh, lots of talent able to travel back and forth. We like having a strong wrestling scene, not just at the top between companies like WWE and AEW, but you know MLW is a very very talented promotion. They do a very good job booking and telling stories, even though they're not. They don't necessarily have the pocketbooks of the AEW and the WWE, but they do a great job telling a story. And like I mentioned earlier tonight, uh, MLW is probably my second favorite weekend. MLW Fusion is a great show, and I, and I want to see them continue to thrive and do well. Went ahead and just... uh, so, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, move on from that story. Uh, next we got... Uh, this is one of the most interesting stories that I've seen in wrestling in quite some time. Uh, MMA fighter loses finger in horrific mid-match injury. Uh, what just, yeah. just to give you some more details on that. Uh, hey, Brian. Uh, hey, Brian, uh, you got some sound issues. Uh, sorry about that if you're listening live. Uh, yeah, Brian had to take off, so he won't be close enough to show him. But it's not a problem. He just had a little issue there. No big deal. He's he's all fine. He's okay. He's fine. So let's go ahead and close out the show with a last few uh, news things I want to discuss as far as the world of wrestling and MMA. Uh, there's actually a fighter. I believe his name is Katag Pliev. He actually lost a finger mid-match. The weird thing is, he didn't even realize he had lost a finger. <laughs> he lost a finger in the middle of the fight, basically. <laughs> and then, next thing you know, they ended up having to stop the fight because he lost a finger. Literally, for several minutes, they did not know where his finger was. They ended up stopping the fight. He was actually mad that they stopped the fight. Uh, the event promoter actually told ESPN there was a scramble to help locate it. Eventually, it turns out his finger was practically the first place they should have looked, which was in his glove. <laughs> it had been in the whole time. Then on top of it, he didn't even go to the hospital to have it reattached immediately. He went ahead and stayed for the uh, post-fight announcement of the winner because they announced the other guy won. Uh, his name is Goodell. He got rewarded with a TKO decision. Eventually, he did go to the hospital to have it reattached. And in fact, when the doctors asked him to rate his pain on a scale of 1 to 10, he was like 2. Imagine just uh, having your finger go, come off, not even noticing it at first, and then once you realize it's gone, yeah, this is a two on a scale of ten. <laughs> when it's a two on a scale of a ten, they don't, I don't even think they give you an aspirin for that. So that's pretty ridiculous. So uh, he said his goal is to fight in the UFC. Uh, he said he had a message for Dana White. I am willing to lose a finger for a UFC contract. Uh, it would be cool to see him fight in the UFC eventually, but considering he's fighting the Cage Fury Fighting Championship right now and he's 37 years old, I'm not all that uh, confident that he's going to make it to UFC if it is a 37-year-old. Although he is 5-1 heading into the fight. He actually was a wrestler who competed for Canada Olympic. Uh, I'm wishing him the best, but I, I don't know if that's going to be in the cards for him. <laughs> By the way, if he does make it, I wonder how many uh, UFC fighters, if any, have ever fought after losing a finger. So I wonder how many people have fought in UFC after having a finger reattached. So, uh, but the good news is uh, they were able to at least put it back on, although obviously we don't know the long-term results, whether or not it's going to fully take it or not. But uh, that's just some of the crazy stuff you get. Like I said... <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine too many other sports where people are losing the thing or even willing to risk to lose the finger. Because he's actually mad the fight stopped. So uh, I know Ronnie Lott had a finger cut off so he could play in the game one week because they were like, they told him, uh, yeah, if we reattach this finger properly, uh, we repair it, you're going to you know, you're gonna have to miss the next game. He's like, no, nah, I'll just cut it off. Well, technically they didn't cut off the whole thing. They cut off part of the finger. They cut off the tip, basically. I don't know if I'm that willing to stand against. I played, I played rugby, so I played rugby with a couple broken bones, like in my 
one broken bone in my hand, one broken bone in my finger on the opposite hand. I've torn the MCL and played, but I don't know if I lost the finger, I'd probably still play. I'd have, it, it would at least give me some thought. It would give me something to ponder and consider. <laughs> I, I'd say that much. Because I'm always, I'm always the guy, I'm like, hey, if I can stand up, I can play. There's been times when I can barely stand, but I still managed to play. Because even, even as I've you know, mentioned the surgeries and stuff I've had, uh, my hospital trips last year, I was sort of feeling that pain in, in a few games. And particularly pretty much my whole 2019 season, which was spring and fall seasons, I sort of felt that pain. I continued to play. So looking back on it, maybe I would have played with a missing finger. <laughs> I would just, you know, tape it up, put a glove on, because we have those, I guess, I guess, I guess maybe putting the glove on it's not really the best solution for a rugby player because we, we are only allowed to lose gloves with no fingers. So it would be pretty obvious, like, to the sir at some point if he was paying attention. Uh, I don't think you're allowed to play with no, no fingers. No, it's good. That's the way it is. But anyway, I just thought that was ridiculous. So uh, every now and again, I'll, some interesting things come up and I want to discuss. So uh, that was definitely it. Uh, moving on, since we did mention COVID earlier, Austin Aries has left Twitter. He basically was getting roasted for talking bad about the COVID-19 vaccine. So uh, I happened to see Austin Aries trending. And when I saw him trending on Twitter, I immediately knew he must have said or did something stupid. <laughs> so, uh, he didn't actually give a reason for deleting this account, but he was uh, he was getting roasted for uh, claiming that more people are now dying from the vaccines than they did during the entire pandemic. Well, for one, I think we're somewhere in the neighborhood of almost 600,000 people have died during a the pandemic. There's no way 600 or even close to 600,000 people have died from the vaccine. In fact, there's really not really any proof anybody's died from the vaccine just yet. Uh, there have been some people who had some blood clotting issues and stuff, but statistically, even those people don't, uh, the numbers of people having blood clot issues with the vaccine would technically still be lower than the number of people you would normally expect to have blood clot issues. So we don't even know if that's cause effect right now. That's still being studied at this, at this time. So anyway, it's Austin Aries. He has considered himself an anti-masker. Uh, he's had meet and greets with fans without wearing a mask. Uh, he was taking pictures with fans with being maskless. So he's definitely not one of the guys that takes the COVID situation that seriously. Oh, boy. He's also added, so let's pick a rabbit hole to jump down. Have you heard of adrenochrome? Heart, maybe. So he's definitely talking about conspiracy. Although I don't know if he's just being flipped with that. I don't want to assume that he actually says he's believing and QAnon and Pizzagate and stuff like that, just to be clear. He just sort of threw those things out there. Uh, but, man, read the room. Sometimes even if you have an opinion, one that's, you know, a controversial opinion that goes against the mainstream, that doesn't necessarily mean your opinion is always wrong if you're going against the mainstream with the whitehead beliefs. But if you don't have any actual proof of the thing you're saying, sometimes just keep that in your pocket, you know? It's okay to have an unexpressed thought sometimes. So even if you don't take it as seriously, other people are. <laughs> so, you know, keep it in your pocket. That's good advice for many men. Keep it in your pocket, keep it in your pants, keep it in your head. A lot of those situations you need to keep there. So he did not do that, and now he's off Twitter. He was not banned, though. He's basically just deleted the account from what we can see. Anyway, I got two more articles I wanted to discuss or two more things I want to discuss before I get out of here. Uh, these last two things are from SU Scoops, uh, by the way. Uh, UK wrestler jailed uh, for two years after holding a did wrestling match. Uh, UK indie wrestler James Raleigh has been jailed for two years after attacking Rob Wilson during a match. Uh, he did end up causing uh, serious injuries to this gentleman's head. And this is also uh, according to Metro.co.uk, obviously a United Kingdom website, you know, your domains. But uh, basically, Riley told other wrestlers at the training school, because actually Riley was actually a trainer of the gentleman that he had a match with. Uh, basically, it was a receipt. He was giving him payback because uh, he thought he had uh, 
hit him a little bit too hard earlier in the match. Uh, according to Wilson, he's suffering from PTSD, caused him to lose the sales job, and now he works in a warehouse, as a warehouse operative, apparently. Uh, he did eventually send a, a text apologizing to the student and admitted that he acted like an animal. He's also retired from wrestling since then. I actually sort of remember this back when it happened a couple of years ago, but uh, just very, very bad situation all around. Obviously, uh, it's probably best if you can't control yourself where you end up injuring people intentionally for the most part. You definitely shouldn't be in the business. Uh, it's bad on the students end as far as both being injured and also having, you know, not not just physically, but also you can just be mentally damaged from this as well. So, uh feel real bad uh, for the victim of this incident. You know, he, he went to a wrestling school expecting he's going to be trained properly. He expected that uh, he'd have a good teacher that would, you know, take care of him and help him learn the business. And he ended up helping him learn about the worst parts of the business. So I can only hope that uh, Rob Wilson uh, can get his life, you know, back in order, uh, get himself mentally healed. If he does want to come back to wrestling at some point, I hope he's able to. But if he's not, I, I wish him the best in whatever he does in the rest of his life. Very, very sad incident. I do want to end the show on a little bit of a happier note, though. Congratulations to what Osprey uh, at the Sakura Genesis event that took place in Japan not too long ago. He ended up uh, defeated Kota Bushi, so he is now the International Wrestling Grand Prix World Heavyweight Champion. So that is the New Japan uh, belt after the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship was merged with their Intercontinental Championship. Uh, both those belts were basically merged and then uh, they were sort of reimagined as the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I didn't even realize that the IWGP Heavyweight Championship was not having world in the title. I just I had always assumed there was a world title, even though depending on, you know, what organization, you know, like PWI didn't necessarily recognize it as a world title. I just sort of assumed that it being probably the second most popular wrestling company in the world, at least until AEW came around. Although technically AEW is more popular in America. It's not really an international company, just as they, they sort of go into that. But I figured out of all the companies that aren't in America – or other companies that aren't WWE, at least. I figured New Japan was probably, I'd probably say second most respected. Obviously, you might be able, you might a, might be able to throw in uh, a few other, you know, Mexican companies or something like that, AAA slash uh, CMLL. But you know, for the most part, I when I look when I looked at wrestling ranking my wrestling companies sort of worldwide, obviously WWE is a thing onto itself internationally. But I probably would have put New Japan number two. Uh, the Wrestle Kingdom shows are probably the second biggest shows after WrestleMania if you look at a worldwide basis. Anyway, congratulations to Will Ospreay for you know winning uh, the belt. Uh, Cody Obushi had a great run as the uh, uh, heavyweight champion for New Japan. This also makes Will Ospreay the number two or sec second IWGP World Heavyweight Champion because obviously Cody Obushi is the guy that merged the belt. And Forge him in one, so Will Ospreay's number two is in relation to him. Anyway, I want to thank Brian Hunter at Rock Biz on Twitter once again for uh, calls and show with me this week. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing what results from WrestleMania and seeing how accurate both of us were. I also want to do some shameless self-promotion before I get out of the way. Obviously, we do have our uh, Wrestling With Problem shirts available at the website, so definitely uh, get your uh, Wrestling With Problems shirts. Very, very easy to do, by the way, once you get that shirt. Obviously, we do have VOC Nation shirts available as well, but obviously, I want you to get your Wrestling With Problems shirts that has my logo on it, so you definitely want to get something with my logo. But anyway, you can just go to ProWrestlingTees.com and then uh, just search for Wrestling With Problems and get your shirt there. Pro Wrestling Tees again, once you come. As a matter of fact, if you follow me on social media again, that's at King David Lane. The pin tweet up top. We'll have a very, very cute pic of my adorable Chihuahua Grumpy and me wearing the shirt. So you can definitely get the shirt there. Anyway, definitely check that out. Uh, at any rate, uh, 
other ways to, uh, to sort of uh, do things are definitely check me out in person. Every Wednesday night, I'll be at the uh, Deep Performance Comedy Theater in uh, the Miller B section of Gary, Indiana. So you can, uh, if you want to meet me in person, please bring your mask, you know, socially distance, and have a good time with us. Uh, it's very important to support local entertainment venues. They've been very, very hard hit uh, during the COVID area. So don't get me wrong. I kind of was not wanting to do shows until we sort of got the pandemic completely under control. But at the same time, I do understand, you know, certain small businesses, they sort of need the revenue. So I decided I ended up was, I haven't done any regular shows uh, in person, but I have been doing the open mic. I do go there. I do uh, sit by myself. I do wear my mask when I'm not performing. I encourage everybody else to wear a mask at the show, and we do sanitize the microphone in between comments. And there's plenty of hand sanitizer and other stuff around, so definitely come out to Deep Home to support us. Uh, if you also, if you do have local entertainers, whether it be indie wrestlers, uh, independent bands, any of the sort of talent that's in your local scenes, if you if they're not doing outdoor shows or they're able to socially distance do those sort of shows. You can always donate to some of their online shows or buy tickets to the online shows. That's important as well. There are other ways to support stuff. If you can't just do it in person right now or if you're concerned about doing it in person, there's other ways to support some of your favorite local talent. So definitely do that. I am proud to announce that hopefully we'll be announcing some live shows uh, in my area, not necessarily obviously not this month, but starting towards late next month because hopefully by the end, a lot more people have their vaccines fully kicked in by the end. Uh, I know my, I have gotten my first shot. I'll get my second shot on 420, and I will be considered fully vaccinated as of March 4th at Star Wars Day. Yep. Very, very, very circumstances. I got my first shot on March 18th, which means I was considered 80% vaccinated on April Fool's Day. That means I get my second shot on 420, and I'm considered fully vaccinated on Star Wars Day. Yep. It's weird how the world works out sometimes. Anyway, let me get out of here. You've been listening to Wrestling with Problems. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next week. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions, in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City, proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th. Featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Blu-ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Legon. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern 
And, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.